Barum is relationships. Barum is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about? The room is different cookie cutter、mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to the Room Minute, the podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room, one minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh hi, Mark. Oh hi, Allison. Oh hi, Rob. Oh hi, listeners. We're here to talk about minute fifty-seven, in which Johnny tells the rest of an interesting story, beginning with the fact that he had a two-thousand-dollar check which he couldn't cash because it was from an out-of-state bank, which. Sounded wrong to me in the 2000s, but apparently that is still a problem if you don't have a bank account of your own. You can deposit an out-of-state check. the The thing that feels weird is that most banks aren't out of state anymore.、Mm-hmm. They are national chains that are all connected together, so it's not as big a problem. Tommy, of course, came to San Francisco in the 70s, so we're talking about the 70s where. If you had an out-of-state check, you're probably going to not be able to cash that for a while. Right. You might wait at least ten business days for a bank to process that. In the meantime, it just sits there and does. You can't do anything. Well, and it used to all be they would have to physically the check would travel、mm-hmm. from the bank where he's. Well, he wouldn't be able to cash. You'd have to deposit、yeah. it, but it would travel from that bank to the issuing bank, where now is it's all electronic. Which is why you can deposit checks with your cell phone,、mm-hmm. but there would not have been cell phones in the seventies. Yeah, I learned that.、Um, speaking of depositing with your cell phone, now banks don't even keep checks unless you pay an extra、nope. fee to get them back.、Mm-hmm. They will actually scan them and destroy them.、Mm-hmm. His his story continues.、Uh, he was working as a busboy in a hotel, which makes him how old do we think he might be? Sixty. <laughs> I mean, hit the character at the time he was working as a busboy. Oh, working as a busboy? Yeah, not the actor.、Oh. <laughs> the character, uh, mid twenties. Okay, I was thinking he could have been as young as like sixteen. Yeah, maybe sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Probably eighteen if he's traveling across state lines to, for whatever reason. We don't know why Johnny came to San Francisco. We do know that Lisa should have been about fourteen to sixteen years old when they met. Depending on whether it was five or seven years ago, so if Johnny was in his teens, that's not too big of an age difference. We just have to remember that Johnny and Tommy are not the same person because Tommy is not twenty-one to twenty-three years old.、Mm-hmm. He meets Lisa. She was sitting drinking her coffee, and she was so beautiful. And I say hi to her. <laughs> that's how we met. And Mark. Gets a really good burn with what's the interesting part. <laughs> so what's the interesting?、Part? So I mean, what's the interesting part? And the interesting part is that on their first date, she paid for dinner. Well, the interesting part is that on our first date, she paid for dinner. Wow, how interesting! Well, continuing the theme of emasculation from the last several scenes, this teenage girl bought this possibly adult man his dinner. So yeah, he came to San Francisco to be a success, and the first thing that happens is some kid buys him food. Not right. Well, and he he doesn't say how long he's been in San Francisco、no. when they meet. If he had been able、That's、to cash、true. that two thousand dollar check, but he does say he's working at the hotel where he sees Lisa. Right? It's at a hotel. 
Yeah. Like he has a job. Yeah. He tells it the story like these things go together, which considering the real story we were talking about last minute is he came to San Francisco and within a few days he had a job at Fisherman's Wharf. So maybe he means this was just a few days later and he's staying at the Y with like a little bit of cash that he had. And so maybe it happened really quick, in which case he came to San Francisco five to seven years ago. Okay. And then became an expert banker who old man donkey doesn't appreciate. I don't know how long it takes to be good at banking. I'm not good at capitalism. <laughs> it can't be very hard. I mean, you look at the people who are doing it, you're like, yeah. I, I had a 4.0 in college yeah. until I had to take an econ class, you know. <laughs> Buy low, sell high? <laughs> Is that... That's an that's economy, right? That's I think finance. So that sounds like stock market y thing. Yeah. I did not take any economics course. Everything I know about the stock market I learned from the phone trading places and <laughs> the end of that movie I had to read an article online on how to, how it was after years of not understanding exactly what they did. I just know it was awesome. Yeah. One oh two big Hey, hey, the Dukes are trying to corner the market. They know something. I can feel it. Let's get in on it. Two hundred, take them. What thirty? Two hundred, two hundred. Move it. Not yet. Almost. Two twenty, take them. Two hundred and nine. Yeah, yeah, got them. That's not right. How can the price be going down? Something's wrong. Where's Wilson? What are they doing here? They're selling, Mortimer. Well, that's ridiculous. Unless that crop report... God help us! I told you we shouldn't have committed everything, you asshole! I gotta get Wilson and tell him to sell! Guessing even after reading the article, it still didn't make. You buy things. A hundred percent. I actually, when I was a teenager-ish, I bought, or maybe younger, I bought a board game at a yard sale that was called, I think it was called Executive Decision. I might be confusing mm-hmm. it with the Kurt Russell film. <laughs> but it was this game where you're basically the stock, like buying stocks. And it was really realistic in how like everyone had to say what they're going to buy stocks for. And then based on that, prices were actually set. So whether your price, like your offer was 
above that or not decided whether you could buy any. And it was like working kind of like how I think the stock market works. I don't know. Maybe the game was completely wrong. And so it was really complicated and I didn't like it. And no one ever played the game with me. <laughs> That's a very interesting <laughs> story. story. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You caught on that one, Sean. See, the interesting part is when I threw the game away, I didn't have to play it anymore. Um... Cool story, bro. <laughs> That was the best. Just the best. Yeah. That would happen. What do you mean? I mean, what happened? What do you mean what happened? That's the end. Johnny, of course, he gets up for some reason, stands, and sits on the back of the couch. And a headline, Allison, from the script, it says Johnny walks over to the kitchen as Peter and Mark shake their head. There's no kitchen here, Right. We've established this. I assume there's a kitchen somewhere. No, there's just an alcohol and chair room. Alcohol and chair storage. Yeah. <laughs> the alcohol and chair room. Maybe that's what they call the kitchen. He's going to cook up some drinks. Yeah, in my notes, I'm like, I could nitpick that the script refers to Peter and Mark as having a singular head, but I'm more alarmed that the chair and alcohol room might be supposed to be a kitchen, because I don't think that's being very clear. And we get the DP, we've already established, this is Graham Futterfoss's last day as the second director of photography, after the previous one had quit, and the third one does last until the end of the shoot, essentially. But he's showing off, he does some weird shots as Lisa arrives, he does a downward angle on Mark in the chair, mm -hmm. and then a close shot from behind Mark, which is like un unlike anything we've gotten in the entire movie. And then he gets us a nice close shot on Lisa, in which she does look accurately at where Mark would be, but when she looks at what should be Peter, she is looking in a wrong direction entirely because the couch and chairs, of course, move from scene to scene. Also, I noted Lisa got her hair done. So there's that. Now, you mentioned the director of photography. Mm -hmm. The close-ups, the second half of this minute, and this may be something that, like, happens all the time and I just it doesn't. never noticed it before, but, like, the tops of everyone's head is cut off. Well, keep in mind they're, they have, they're using two cameras mm -hmm. at the same yes. time. <laughs> at the same They're right next to each other. Mm -hmm. So you can only really frame your shot in one or the other, I would think. So not knowing what they were going to eventually use to make their movie, maybe he just was framing it through the wrong one. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause I, it, it's, it's not too weird or too bad as I'm watching it on my, my computer screen, but I can imagine being in a theater. With a large theater, you know, movie theater screen mm -hmm. where you've got 30 feet of face. Yeah. And yet you're still cutting off like halfway through the forehead, the tops of, of everyone's head. I'm not sure if the audience cares because they're in focus. <laughs> they, they are which in focus. Which some yeah. close-ups and other things in this film have not been. Yeah. Again, because of the two camera problem. Mm -hmm. So this is fairly well done for what they're doing. And it's one of the only scenes, I think, that does this. Okay. And it was deliberate. It was because, as I said, this is like one of the longest scenes in the film. We're right. It started about the midpoint. And it's kind of setting up where everything is going to go from here. Introducing us to Peter. Reintroducing Denny because we haven't seen him in a little while. Yeah, Denny. He's been out digging holes and mm -hmm. stuff, I'm yeah. sure. Setting up kill rooms or whatever. Whatever it is killers do. He's got a basement somewhere. Yeah. So this kitchen, like, must be pretty far away. No, no. no. Well, because Johnny knew Lisa was coming. I mean, he just said, like, oh, we can't start playing cards because... You guys want to play cards? No, we can't. I expect Lisa any minute. My gambling addict fiancé is going to be home That's a good soon. point, yeah. But, like, but he doesn't hear, like, the door opening and people coming in. Well, you missed this, but a few minutes ago, he... We weren't sure he heard the doorbell either. Peter had to ask him if he heard it. Did you hear the door? And it was quite loud. Yeah. So maybe he just got a hearing problem. 
Because, yeah, he doesn't immediately run into the room and say hi to Lisa. Right, right. Which he should as her future husband. <laughs> well, especially if he's concerned that she may mm-hmm. change her mind. He's going to let her be in a room with three men? I don't think so. Yeah. I was just going to say, I note that Lisa is really bad at having an affair. <laughs> I like that you paused it. Bad. <laughs> She's just bad. <laughs> well, because, like... Mark is playing it cool. He's like, oh, yeah. All right, Lisa, whatever. You're here. Hey, guys. What's going on? Oh, hey, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. That's nice, you know, or whatever. I don't care. And then she's all, like, looking him up and down, like, oh, where are you going? Like, why don't you hang around, sonny boy? <laughs> like, you know, and maybe it's just because Johnny isn't in the room, but, like, Peter's there. Like, yeah. Denny's there. The detective like, is there. Johnny could be walking in any moment, like. You know, play it cool. Unless she is, she she wants to get caught because the whole thing with Mark. It, I think that's part of it yeah. because she has already told her mother. Yes, she uh-huh. she, did tell she has already told Michelle. She Michelle even figured out who specifically she's been with. Mm-hmm. As far as we know, she was just out with Denny. They probably had a whole conversation about it. We missed. <laughs> Should be having an affair with Denny as well. I think, yeah, she wants to be caught because the wedding is happening, like, I think they said at the end of the month, which would be right around Beta Breakers, actually. Hmm. And so she wants to, she wants out. She needs people to know. She might want Peter to see it. Or maybe she can see that Peter has a concussion and he has, he can't focus across the room like that. Right. Yeah, because this is all, she doesn't really, she doesn't like Mark, but she doesn't know how to break it off with Mm -hmm. Johnny. Right. So, yeah, she's trying to get caught. So she is good at having affairs, but she's purposely not being good at this yeah. affair. And I would note that Peter only says hi, Lisa, after Mark does and after Lisa talks. So, yeah, we don't have any evidence that, yeah. Le- that Peter recognized her visually. Mm-hmm. So maybe she's fine with checking out Mark. Denny can't see it. He's behind her. And Peter can't see it because he's across the room. Yes. Denny isn't even really paying any attention. No, he's out the window. <laughs> he's, he's worried about the cops. Because he's a which, killer. Actually, with the layout of this room, wait, which window does he go to? I don't have the scene up. Does he go to the window to the left of the door or the right of the door? The right of the door. Okay, because you know what's out that window. Well, our right. Right. That's what I mean. His left. That window. Yeah. So to the would yes. be the chair and alcohol storage room. Out the window. This room has windows on three sides. It doesn't make any geographic sense. <laughs> and that side of the room is the wall where the door to the quote-unquote kitchen is yeah the the that's the direction where johnny left yeah he's checking out johnny he's checking out johnny so maybe denny sees that she's looking at oh where's johnny go where is he outside and he's looking oh he's in the he's in the chair and alcohol storage room yeah yeah so he did see it and he's like well johnny should johnny should be here to see this what's he doing this is actually some insightful because in my notes i'm like denny looks out the window for some reason and i assume it was just sandy chaclair fucking around with his directions because he does that he makes him sit on a floor in a later scene just because he thought it'd be interesting to shoot them sitting on the floor. But no, I think it's Denny is looking for Johnny. And he knows the only place he could go is up the stairs or into the alcohol and chair storage room, which is right out that window. Hmm. Okay. Because that's how windows work. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to be the, the messenger. He doesn't want to have to tell his friend, <laughs> hey, Lisa's stepping out on you. He's like, we were trying to get here. But she yeah. wants, he, but he should mm-hmm. know. He's like, you should be here to see this. Yeah, Lisa's in here checking out and Mark and this isn't right. It's not right. And Peter's not going to do anything about it because he's busy playing detective. <laughs> he's busy with his concussion. Or, alternatively, Denny is looking out the window to see if there's cops on stakeout because he's like, oh no, the detective's here. They're on to me. Oh. 
you think Denny knows he made Peter. Yeah. He's like, oh no, Peter's here. Okay. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that was my first thought when he, when he, yeah, peeks out the, you know, kind of pulls the curtain aside a bit and peeks out the window is I'm like, yeah, he's worried about. He's looking for the cops. He's looking for the cops. Are we being followed? What's going on? Or to see if they've dug up the body in the yard. It's like, I shouldn't have put that one so close. Exactly. But that's before I heard about the, uh, that's where the, uh, the chair and alcohol Mm -hmm. room is. Yeah, this room is confusing. It's a very small rectangle with windows on three sides, a fireplace that cuts off one corner, and a couch and chairs that move. I mean, couch and chairs can be moved, of course, in the real world, but yeah. in a movie you don't normally move furniture just because. They don't usually move that much yeah. as they do here. The scene shows us a lot of the other side of the room that we've barely seen, is that that wall between the two doors. Where there's a little t- chair with the, uh, the little table with the phone and everything. But that's because just a few minutes ago, that phone became really important because Johnny has put a tape recorder on it so he can see what's going on. Mm-hmm. He's getting paranoid. And this is Denny being paranoid, so it all makes sense. A lot of paranoia going around. Mm-hmm. Now it's Friday, so we got Friday business. Any other notes on minute 57 first? Uh, nope, nothing nope. more from me. Then I will do just a couple notes from a midnight screening. Notes. From a big night screening. When Johnny asks, do you guys want something to eat? Random person screams out pizza. Because why not? Uh, the audience loves Denny. And so when he comes in, they scream for Denny. But then they immediately yell for him to close the door. Because he does not close the door. And the audience is concerned about the door getting closed. And that's it for that one. But it is Friday. It's Friday, Friday. I know it. It all sounds like some bad movie. I believe you have some to talk about. Multiple. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about. Pitch <laughs> I'm going to try to, <laughs> you know, surprise you with that one, and then I realized I posted on Facebook about it. Like, ah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, the last time, or maybe the last time, or the time before, I don't know, some, one of the times I was on the podcast and I talked about a movie that I thought was good, that I was surprised to find out is widely considered by at least some to be bad. Which one? And that was, uh, Half-Baked. Oh, okay. So I've, I've decided I'm gonna flip it and talk about a movie that I thought was absolutely horrible mm. like irredeemably it's bad deep. and then wow. i was surprised to find out a lot of people consider it as good are you confusing it perhaps with chronicles of riddick <laughs> no okay. and actually talking to people saying how much they liked pitch black and this riddick character convinced me to watch chronicles of riddick and i watched it and i thought okay it's not good yeah. but it's not as bad as pitch okay. black interesting just and as sort of a sci-fi man versus alien action flick, I guess it's passable. But the the setup, and I, I haven't seen it in a while. I don't know if it's the first twenty or thirty minutes of Pitch Black are just so ridiculous. I was I couldn't get on board with anything after that. The I, th- I think the worst, the thing that bothered me most is Space Mecca. That so there's this ship. That is traveling and the passengers are, it's a ragtag group of just various people that are traveling from one, one part of space to another. Mm-hmm. And they are forced to also travel with this, like the galaxy's worst 
serial killer, like this, the worst criminal in the, in this quadrant of the galaxy played by Vin Diesel. And that is Riddick. In one of his first big roles. Yes. Yeah. And uh, on the ship, I think it's, I think it's just two people. I think it's just a man and his son, but they are missionaries and they're traveling to space. Yeah, they're Muslims. Well, at the beginning, there are, I think, four of them that survive and then a couple get killed pretty early on. Which like, okay, I could see like when we, you know, if, if humanity as a species, if we attain the ability to travel through space such that we can get to different solar systems and different planets and, and we travel from place to place that you know, new holy sites are going to be found and new religions. And certainly if we start interacting with aliens, that, that will expand that whole world. Mm-hmm. But these new places will be, you know, if there's new religious sites and new, you know, if you're going to do a pilgrimage to some new space place, it's going to have it. It's not going to be just the earth name, but add space. To be fair, you know, they call it new Mecca, not space. Okay. Mecca. New Mecca. I'm just Don't like, you live yeah. in New So is there going to be like a space? You know, a space Bethlehem and, you know, space Mormons are going to go to space Utah. Like, just, I don't know. It's like that, the, the, the new Mecca thing, it just took me out of it from the very beginning. So by the time they get to the action part, I was just out of it. And then the, so the, the, and then the, the name pitch black comes from the aliens only come out at night. Uh-huh. And it's like, I think it's like a multi sun system. It's like Tatooine. Yep. So you got multiple Great. suns. Yeah. So night is, so for it to be completely night, like completely black is very rare. It's every 22 years. And the ship just happens to crash right before night comes. So like as you know, when the last sun sets, all these killer aliens are going to come out of the dark mm-hmm. and kill everyone. But the when are you getting to the negative? Yeah, well, <laughs> you're digging your own grave. It's very unfortunate timing. But this the the sensitivity of the aliens like is all over the place. Like sometimes, like a, it seems like a single photon will turn them into dust, and then other times they're like, well, it kind of makes them uncomfortable. They really don't like the light, but it's it's not deadly. Like that seemed to. The, and the, the, just the sensitivity to light went back and forth as, you know, the demands of the scene. Okay. It seemed to me. So I'm like, I, I thought this was like, like a so bad it's good. We watch this so we can laugh at it kind of movie. And then the internet came around and, and, and I found out like, no, there are people that really love this film. Yes. And I'm like, oh, okay. The special effects on the aliens do not hold up very well, but otherwise I still liked it. When I watched it just this morning. Okay. It's a, it's more of a horror film in structure than a science fiction film, but yeah, it's set on another planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's on another planet, they're aliens, but it, yeah, it's really more of a monster horror film. And, you know, Vin Diesel does, he's, he's a good, he's a good actor. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is kind of early in his yep. career. Although he does, as, as you mentioned, he goes on to play this character, Riddick. A few yeah, more times. Two more films and a um, video game, I think. Yeah, there's some sequels. So he's basically between Riddick and Dominic Toretto of the Fast and Furious franchise and then Xander Cage of Triple X. That's kind of, he's built a career out of, of, mm-hmm. out of that, which is kind of a shame because early on he, he does some dramatic roles, Vin Diesel, particularly in Boiler Room. Yeah. 
I thought he was good. He's in Saving He's Private, in Private Ryan, Ryan, which is before this. Um, some other things like I, I think he he could do like serious dramatic acting, but I'm guessing that probably doesn't pay as well as the the Fast and Furious type stuff. But yeah, so Boiler Room is it good? Is it so bad that it's good? Boiler Room? Or sorry, not Boiler Room. Uh, Pitch Black. I'm sorry. I have is the IMDb yeah, yeah, yeah. listing, and I was looking at it, and so I said no. So Pitch Black. So Iron I, Giant. I say it's so bad it's good. Some people think it's actually good. I guess we leave it up to the listener. How you know? How, what do you think? What do you feel? What's your opinion? And you can, if if you have an opinion, you can leave it in your pocket. Mm-hmm. You can leave your opinions about how Sean is wrong in your pocket <laughs> on Facebook. You can take your complaints and send them to New Mecca. <laughs> But the movie also doesn't play, take place oh. on New Mecca. They crash on some unknown place that just happens to have geologists had set up a camp there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't happen. It's just um, what it is. Does it bother you that they call them geologists, too, since it's not Earth? <laughs> no. <laughs> since I, actually, no, that's fine. It's You do live in New Jersey, they're... right? I'm from New Jersey. I live in New England. Should you really live in a place with "new" as the name? Like that's going to be your attitude. Yeah, it's fine. It's you fine. need to move. This way. <laughs> yeah, I, need to, I don't know. For some reason, just at that when I first saw this film, just the whole new mecca thing. I'm like, <laughs> just you give it some other name and just say we're religious missionaries. We're going to. We're making our pilgrimage to. Well, I think in terms whatever. of. Bad filmmaking or bad writing in a way. They were trying to be, make it interesting by not having them be Christian missionaries. And so they made them Muslims. Right. And maybe the writer, I forget who actually wrote it, but maybe they didn't know any other Muslim cities offhand. Like they didn't want to be like New Baghdad because it's a little right. too. Like New, New Medina would have worked. Yeah. That would have been fine. Could have, like, we're going to New Medina. I'm on board. New Mecca. You lost me. Okay. And that's unfortunately, yeah, and the, he mentions New Mecca in the voiceover in the first scene. So, yeah, that would have, you were out. Yeah. There's, this thing's got three writing credits between the story and the screenplay. And it's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, really, it took three people to say aliens that only come out at night and then here's a planet where it's like night forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm anyway. just surprised you didn't complain about Pitch the twist black. of the spoilers. Young person being a female. Because I thought that was one of the weird parts of the movie. That didn't have to be there. Uh, you know, <laughs> strangely enough, that didn't bother me at all. I'm like, oh yeah. That makes when sense. I first saw the movie, I didn't, I wasn't bothered by that. I'm like, oh, okay. So she's a, that, that's interesting. Watching it today, I'm like, yeah. Knowing she's going to be like, that's one of the twists is that she's a female. I'm like, just, there's no reason for her to be. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change everything that led before it as a twist should. And it's a little misogynist also because the whole problem is that she's menstruating. Go with, back to the room and misogyny. <laughs> yeah, if you want misogyny, <laughs> we got a movie for you. Yes. It's called The Room. Room in it. So you, the, okay, pitch black it is. <laughs> I now I need to watch this movie. The whole time I was just thinking Doctor Who. It's like, this sounds like Doctor Who. The setup could actually work as a Doctor Who episode. It's like a planet that has a weird, like, three star system and so, Every 22 years, part of the planet is entirely engulfed in shadow of a larger planet with rings. And so you get an eclipse that they don't know how long it's going to last. They just know it's going to happen. And then it starts to happen right when they're already on a yeah. deadline. Well, there, there is some buildup to, like, hints that, oh, my God, you know, 
they crash on this planet and there's a settlement or there's, yeah, there were scientists studying and something happened to them and the settlement with no one, no one alive. They don't know what they have to yeah. figure it out. And then they, fi- then they find out what it was. And I mean, as, as a, as a film, it like the structure isn't bad. So you admit made you like it. <laughs> you almost said something positive. I mean, it, it's, it's clear that it's, this is a film made by people that have made films before. Uh, you know, it, it, these, these, yeah, it's the director of The Fugitive. <laughs> among other things. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so it, it's, it's competent, but it's, I don't know. And, it, and it, it, they, I think they just, they didn't spend enough time. And it's obviously, okay, this is gonna be, this is an action movie. This is gonna be Vin Diesel versus aliens. And that's where we're putting our resources. Which I guess if that's, you know, that kind of makes sense, you focus on the main thing. Yeah. But. Well, to be fair, at the time, Vin Diesel was not yeah. Vin Diesel versus. He's just the guy we've barely seen in a couple of small parts. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, basically, yeah, a, you know, tough guy, human versus alien. Ar- arguably, this is the movie that made him a star because this was his first big role and a lot of nerdy filmgoers saw it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this, um, so this is, you know, came out in 2000, so it's a year before Fast and Furious. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of like his real first big thing. I just wish if they had put a little more effort into, you know, that first 20, 30 minutes. Into not calling it New Mecca. Maybe they wouldn't have lost me. If they just called it New New Jersey, you would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense then. <laughs> it's New New Jersey, and they're on their way to a diner. Yeah. There, boom, movie, great, perfect. Yeah, that's what they find on this planet is a diner. <laughs> it's been abandoned. It's like a Twilight Zone. Now that's a movie. There you go. <laughs> okay, one last time, Sean. Well, not one last time. We may, we'll probably get you back again before the end of this film. One last time, where can the listeners hear more from you? Um, well, if you want to hear me talk about the old New Jersey and diners and, and other things, uh, we did a lot of diner talk and breakfast meat talk on uh, my show <laughs> Groundhog Minute, breakfast where uh, myself and my co-host Dave Palace talked about the movie Groundhog Day, one minute at a time. And yeah. that is, you can find that at Groundhog Minute. And as always, you can go to org, and that links to all my podcast stuff from there. So check it out. There's nothing wrong when people make fun of the project. In this case, The Room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening, and remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Leave us! <laughs>